The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Campion here with the lovely Tracy Thompson. Uh, we get together once a month. She's one of our mindset coaches, one of the more popular. Everyone loves them, some Tracy. Um, she's perfect, perfect between Suzanne and I. So if you listen to the podcast, you know you've heard Suzanne. She's like the nicest, and I'm probably the meanest. Tracy's got a good streak of both. She can really <laughs> set you in your place pretty quick, but she can also make you feel good. Where Suzanne and I are, you know, kind of the opposite. We only have one of those. So Tracy plays well between them both. Anyway, uh, today we are recording January 2nd, but I want to make sure we give lots of value, not just for the new year folk that are listening semi-live or, you know, pretty quick, but everyone that may, uh, you know, kind of be listening to archives. So what I thought would be helpful is talking about habits. Um, the way I've been thinking about this is as owners, as people, as people trying to do something in the world, the less leverage we have, the more work we have to do. And then our work is capped, right? Because Tracy, myself, Elon Musk, homeless guy, we all have the same 24 hours a day. We all have a general need to sleep somewhere around eight. <laughs> and there's that. So in our cleaning companies, we can clean, clean, clean. And then we get to the point of like, ah, I need uh, I need to leverage something else. Typically that's people. And then we do that. We're like, oh, now I can leverage four or five people cleaning or sometimes 10 if you're insane. And then you have to leverage something else, which would be systems. Um, and then, and a system is nice because if you do it once, you get paid forever. So if you're just like, oh my God, I need to hire. You can hustle, hustle, hustle and hire. And as long as that guy or gal stays and you don't get any more clients and blah, 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 I guess you're square for a minute. But God forbid he doesn't or you get more clients or you need five people or whatever. You might want to create a system that you can kind of go to over and over again. Yes. So we kind of start with leveraging nothing but our own time. And then we leverage other people's times. And then we leverage systems. And I think the highest, the highest leverage point beyond that, which is what I want to talk about today, is leveraging beliefs. And these are all habits, right? If I get in the habit of working all the time, I shall get clean. And when I say working, I mean cleaning toilets, then I get in the habit, I earn a toilet cleaner wage. If I get in the habit of managing three or four other cleaners whilst I clean myself, I get in the habit of getting paid what that's worth. And if I get in the habit of having systems and processes that allow me to leverage my time or my business to continue operating wherever I am in the world, then I get paid and my freedom goes according to that. Um, so a lot of what we talk about is the tactics, what to do and how to do it and the, the habits that'll serve you or not serve you. And those are really helpful. But if you have the habit of telling yourself lies or believing in things that are going to be at cross purpose with what you want, all the systems and the tools aren't going to work because it doesn't make any sense if you believe money is evil and that people that have it are evil. And then you do all these habits to get you money. You, sir, you, ma'am, are going to have a tough go. So Tracy, I open it to you on any thoughts, feedback on how to habitually think and believe the things that will help us as opposed to hurt us? Well, I've been thinking a lot about this, obviously, first of the year. It's, um, I was just sharing with Mike before the podcast <clears throat> that I typically, this time of year, read a lot of books on and really um, download a lot of wisdom from people who are clearly successful and, uh, and the way they think. And the habits, as you said, the habits of 
how we think and what we believe is, is a precursor for action, for our behavior. So, so much of our behavior tends to be uh, unconscious habits. They become patterns of, of the way that we believe and think and so forth. And, the, and it's evident in our results. So if you want different results, this is the point of shift. And that number one is being more aware, being more aware of what your beliefs are, what you're thinking while you're doing it. It's amazing how much we can go through a day or a week or a month kind of unconsciously, not even considering that what we believe and what we think is, is shaping our actions. So one of the big takeaways I got from the book I was just reading, The Millionaire Success Habits, um, is two things. One is the habit of being willing to accept reality as it is, meaning not um, resisting, not throwing a fit and uh, basically throwing a tantrum about what is, number one, accepting what is quickly and then reframing it, reframing what's happening in a way that's positive. So let's give an example, something that's very common. What do you hear most? I have two. And this, yeah. you know, we're going to do different because usually I love Tracy's calls because I get to be the, <laughs> I don't say whiny, but the, the client and kind of you know say all the things I hear and she coaches me. But we're going to go two examples, neither of which have anything to do with business, but I think you'll easily go, oh my gosh, I've felt that way. And we can connect the dots to business pretty quick. So one is with myself and the second is with my lovely bride. So with myself, I, as I'm getting older, I get on the scale and I, I weigh myself daily, find what you track kind of gets measured. And, um, I'll have a belief about what the scale should say based on what I've said and done the previous day. Right. Cause I know what I weighed yesterday at this time. And I know what I've done between now and then in terms of eating and exercise. And I've got thoughts. And as I get older, um, sometimes I'll be honest with you, the scale is just not fair. I ate well, <laughs> and I did this and I have a very strong belief about what it should tell me. And sometimes it has a different belief <laughs> of a different number, which I'm like, that's not right. And it's not fair. And I want to throw a fit and I want to negotiate with the scale or with God or with my body and go, that's not fair. Don't you know what I did and what I didn't eat? And I could have eaten that and I didn't. And this should be that and it isn't. And I can do that as long as I choose um, for months or years, <laughs> God forbid, if I like. And at some point, just like Tracy said, I have to go, well, this is, I can right. I don't know who I'm arguing with myself at this point. My wife's not particularly interested. The scale never speaks back. So it's really just me naked in the bathroom like an idiot. Um, yelling at the, yelling at the, at the moon. Um, <laughs> so I can do that as long as I please, or I can reframe it and go, okay, I have a scale. My body's not alien matter. It works and gains and loses fat and muscle just like every other, you know, or not just like every other body, but within the boundaries of human existence. So Yes, what I'd like to have happened to give me a result did not give me the result. If I want to get a result, fair or not, maybe I'm right and the world is wrong. And, you know, God and me are going, that's not right, but God's allowed a reality, which it is, whether it's right or not. And as soon as I make that shift and make it a healthy frame, I can begin to change. Until then, I salve my wound. You should have, and it should. No, that's not right. And I'm getting old. And what, how come Tracy's skinny or whatever the case may be? Zero. So that's the first one. Um, second would be, with my bride, I've asked her to do some things 
throughout our marriage that are similar things. And she struggles with them. And for me, they're very, very easy. For her, it's not easy. And I had a good mentor, not a business mentor, although he was very good at business, a just human being mentor, spiritual actually, and kind of relational. And he's like, well, she asked, you asked her to do something that was reasonable. Like, isn't this, and I'm arguing, isn't this reasonable? Shouldn't she be, she said she would do it. Shouldn't she keep her word? And he goes, great. How many times have you asked her to do something like that? I'm like, I don't know, a dozen easily, you know, thinking I'm proving my point. Look how wrong she is. How many times? He goes, all right, well, the first time, maybe that's on her. She said she'd do it, whatever. The second 11 times, you're the idiot that keeps asking to do something she's obviously not willing or able to do, cut it out. So as long as my answer is, well, look at her, look at this other human being who should be doing something different. It's their fault. Employees aren't acting the way they should. That customer shouldn't treat me. My wife or my husband should act like this. And maybe I'm right in every instance. But at the end of the day, either I want that thing done and I should either do it myself or ask someone who's willing and able to demonstrate an ability to do it. Or quit my bitching, like to complain. My wife is she's the consistent one. I've said I would be able to do this and shown my inability or unwillingness for a year now. Pay attention, dummy. So as soon as um as I'm learning it, it's external. When it's God or my wife or anyone other than this idiot in the mirror, it feels good, not so good for getting different results. When I finally go, okay, at the end of the day, fair or not, this is my weight, fair or not, my wife's unwilling or unable. Do I want the result that I want? And if I do, let's own that and take a different tack. Then I can begin something. But until then, not so much. Did that help bring clarity to your point? Yeah. Tracy, this, I wander off are, the reservation altogether. No, those are great examples. They're really real life, everyday examples. And they relate directly to business because it's human. It's human universal behavior. So the first thing I wanted to say about both arguing with the scale and expecting something different than reality with your with your wife as an example are examples of the same thing i i call it arguing for your limitations arguing against reality right so you saying ah the scale's unfair it's like people when they look at their PL or they look at their bank account they're like it shouldn't be that we're like well but it is <laughs> And let me, let me give a, you give a really, I want, you did something well, and I want people to hear it. What I would label it in my mind and listen to the words I use and what that's going to take me and listen to the words Tracy use and where that's going to take her or whoever listens. I believe I'm arguing for fairness. Doesn't that sound super just, right? I'm arguing for fairness. It's fair. My wife isn't being fair. And that makes me the right guy, right? And if I'm right, why in God's green earth should I change? The scale's wrong. I'm trying to do what's right here and be fair. So as long as I'm in that identity, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna stay stuck in fair town and I'm the mayor and only citizen of it's pretty lonely. What Tracy said, I think is much more a true and be helpful. And you use two words, and I was trying to remember them as like reality and truth or whatever you use, you, 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 you took my fair legs out from under me and replaced them with some better legs. Hit me with those legs or hit us with those legs again. Yeah. Arguing against reality. What is, what that, is. that's the first thing. And then really trying to, and then justify, I call it arguing for your limitations. Arguing for that the was it. So I'm arguing for fairness, which sounds super right. just. Tracy's like, no, let's call it what it is. You're arguing for your limitations, which doesn't sound as good, but boy, is it much more accurate. Because if you're if you're trying to argue with reality in a way that is justifying why you're like, oh, but I ate so good yesterday, but I went to the gym. They're like, it's not fair, it's not right. And you're just 
trying to win an argument mm-hmm. about your the reality that is and then putting yourself in the position of being kind of a victim about the whole thing well mm-hmm. ah, this isn't fair yes. you know it's really you arguing for your limitations because from that place you can't change it you're not empowered to change it because you're too busy arguing for your righteous view uh, i call it the righteousness of your wrongness <laughs> you're like being right about being limited and, and you're never going to find a solution or take a different action as long as you're in this position of, as I say, kind of being a victim of reality. For me, I don't know if it resonates as well with Clean Nation. I have a feeling I might. That word victim really got me. Because if you said, Mike, give 100 words to describe yourself, victim would probably a thousand, maybe a million. I don't know. I don't know how many words there are, but victim wouldn't come up. So, but being fair, I'm very fair. And (laughs) even the justification, I really like that. Like I'm justifying my bad behavior and that makes me a victim. So I really, so cool how when it's the same thing, when I was explaining my, and I love these arguments because they're so, I don't think anyone's like, I I don't resonate with some version of that, right? Especially in relationships, right? It's always easy to blame the other jerk as opposed to this jerk in the mirror. So I just, I really like that. I guess that's so important how labels are. When I labeled it as I'm arguing for what's fair, what's right, or what should be, that mm-hmm. sounds all very good, not effective at all, but I can sit on, you know, Mount Pius up here and look down at you, you know, you skinny people and judge, right? Um, or you people with wives that like them. And man, when, as soon as you go, you're just being a victim. You're justifying your actions. You're justifying your situation. That puts you in the victim seat. I'm like, oh, I would never do that. So I love, I just love the reframe and the relabel. Tracy. Because you can't change it. How do you know you're being a victim? You know you're being a victim when you're not really looking for solutions now because you're justifying where you are or where you've been. Like, that's how you know. Like in this situation with your your bride is like the first time you didn't know. Now you know, right? The second, third, fourth, twelfth time you keep arguing why this should be fair, but really that's just code for, I'm not going to take any responsibility in this. I'm not going to change. I'm, I'm just going to complain about what is and project that. So it's like, would you rather be right in your wrongness uh, or have a different result? If you want a different result, you cannot keep arguing for your righteous position. And I love that because I would say if you want a different result, you can't keep doing the same thing. True. But guess what? You're not going to do anything different until you change your beliefs and your arguments. Right. So we, I think we exactly. want to start with actions and they'd be like, if I start doing a thing, then the beliefs will follow. And it's like, no, 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 no. You start with your beliefs and then the actions completely follow. So let's say you, you'd mentioned Tracy. Step one is identifying. So yeah. everyone now take a minute, pause us if you have to, to hold in your mind one or two habitual beliefs. So for me, the habitual beliefs are I should be able to eat certain amounts of foods, maybe foods that I was able to eat 10, 20 years ago and get, and still be skinny. Great. Um, that's a fine belief, <laughs> but if it your doesn't body work, doesn't agree, but okay. Right. Or yeah, reality, you know, start, you know, I don't know who I've got less work or less luck arguing with the scale or my wife. I think they're both about 0%. <laughs> so it's, it's I don't have to, you don't have to live with the scale. It stays in the bathroom and kind of leaves me alone. So I guess it's probably more, more, uh, more stakes with my bride. So take a thing and go, okay, here's the thing I'm identifying. What's my scale? What's my relationship? Um, and maybe even pick one of each, right? One was internal, right? There was 
biology or life or whatever, but it wasn't, you know, a person that I could blame. And then the second is a person. And by the way, maybe I'm right. Maybe I asked my wife to do something wildly easy and reasonable and she gave her word and she should have done it. But like Tracy said, do I want to be right? Or do I want to have a happy wife and get the daggum thing done that I want done? Like, let's get off the the results you want. Exactly. Yeah. So get off the, well, but not that guy, not him, not her. Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. And loving you really gets meddling. Maybe it's a, a mother-in-law. Maybe it's an ex-wife. Easy enough for me to love my bride who I'm you know, married to. What about an ex-wife, an ex-husband that they were completely wrong? And maybe they are. Maybe you can tell 100 friends and 100 would go, that a-hole, that, with that, 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 that. Victim, nothing you can do. Or, so yeah, now that we're identifying, and hopefully they've got one or two internal, external victimizations, times they've chosen to be victims in their head, how do we make a new habit? Right. Well, the first thing is you got to take ownership. Man, you got to you got to go. Okay, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. I want a different result, so I can't keep arguing for the justification of why I am where I am. Got to let go of that. That's the first thing you have to decide that even if you're quote right, it's not helpful. It's not going to help you get where you want. So I can have my justification. I can have my victimhood. I can have all that, or or. So it's, it's not even a judgment call, bad or good no. reality. It's like, you pick. Because by the way, let's be honest. We get value from victimhood, right? If I sure. went to tell Tracy, and Tracy wouldn't put up with this crap. But if I went to tell Tracy, oh, my scale and my wife and blah, 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 blah. In her loving way, she, well, let's not use Tracy, but many friends or acquaintances for sure would, oh my gosh, that's terrible. She needs to be better and you should do this and it's not right. And, you know, and they'll commiserate with me and we obviously get something out of that. So we got to look at, this isn't a obvious, like, oh, I'm going to get rid of my victimhood, which has never done me any good anyway, and get this new result. It's like, no, no, my victimhood served me. So at some point you've got to be clear on what we're giving up and go, yeah, there is a cost to this. And that well, cost the one the thing that you got to give up yeah, is honestly, the big payoff for that, if you want to know what it is, is there is an immediate sense of, oh, I was right. That mm. makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And it also lets me off the hook mm-hmm. for having to change anything. Because if it's her fault or if it's the, you know, scales fault or if it's if whatever. Tracy's not careful. I'll start blaming her. Why not? Let's get another one in the mix. You know, she. <laughs> I'm the reason the scale says what it was. She's in yeah. front of me. Why not? <laughs> exactly. We can keep projecting that responsibility. And so it not only it feels good because we feel right. The second thing is we don't have any responsibility to change it. And so we ask ourselves, why do we do that? Why do we argue against reality? Why do we do it? It's because there is that payoff. So what do you have to do instead? You have to be willing to take ownership. And when I say ownership, I mean, ownership of the responsibility of the different result than you've been getting the the result of, of the scale you can be mad at the scale all you want you can crush it you can hit it with a sledgehammer still not going to change the result you want so you have to take ownership full radical ownership of the result you want 
and then let go of the righteousness of your wrongness in the past and say, okay, what do I need to do now? What do I need to do? Because I'm the owner of the result I am committed to. What do I need to do to get that result? So how do we codify that into a new belief or a new system of beliefs? Because again, I get the, I'm pretty good at that initial, like I'm a victim, but my tendency tomorrow to get on the scale and shake my fist again. So how do we change it from first we identify, Mm -hmm. then we make a decision. The, Mm -hmm. The value I was getting there is now inferior to the value of the result I want. So I'm not willing to do that anymore today. I feel great. But then I sleep and do this and have life happen. And, you know, seven to 107 hours from now, I kind of backslide because I've got a habit. How do we codify that new belief into a new belief system or new belief habit? Well, you said it early on in this conversation. You said something and it's key to making a new belief action habit, right? That goes along with the actions is shifting your identity. Mm. If you're... However you painted yourself before, you need to have a belief about yourself, an identity belief about who you are as the owner of this result. So, for instance, if I'm trying to... Well, let's stick with the two uh, examples we've got. Yeah, lose weight on the scale. Well, well, let's do them both because I like them because one's internal. I have no one to blame but the scale or myself and one's external with relationship. I think those are all of our problems, how we (laughs) deal with ourselves and how we deal with those other pesky humans. So let's do both those. What identity was I using in addition to victim and what identity do I need to make that change with, with my never ending losing battle with the scale? Well, like your old identity probably had something sounded something like, well, this used to work for me before. I, I, I've always been able to do this before. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. I don't know what the problem is. It's kind of a weak position of, well, I'm just kind of relying on what I did 10 years ago and I haven't really Or even more insidious, I did this 10 years ago, X. Yeah. I did yeah. X plus five now. Yeah. So I've done, I get it. I'm, I'm even, see how I'm still victimizing myself. Like, you know, I did better than before. Yeah. I'm trying hard and not even trying. I'm literally doing better than I was before. So basically the cost is Y or 12. And I'm like, well, I used to pay two and I wish I could pay two, but I get it. I'm, I'm a reasonable human. I'm not insane. So I'll pay six, but the freaking cost is 12. (laughs) So how do we change that identity from my six should be good enough because it's more than the two I used to pay. And that I've unilaterally decided that's enough <laughs> for my, you know, this 10 years of, of age, my body's accumulated. How do I, how do I change that identity? So shifting that to, and if it's hard to do, think about someone or, or a picture a mental image of someone who's already done it mm. and, and describe that person third person at first, don't make it your own yet because the monkey mind gets in the way. But what does that person believe about themselves? What might that person get up every morning and say to themselves about- So now I am going to, now I am going to, what's it called? Uh, Devil, play devil's Devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't feel this way, but I know there's some people that do. So I want to get it. All right. I picture this person. He's fit and then even my age, right? To make it fair. Yeah. But you don't understand. So this this isn't me. I just, (laughs) for the audience. 
but you don't understand Tracy his genes are better he that jerk probably and by the way there is truth right there are guys at my age and your age our age men and women that eat whatever the heck they want and look great and god bless them or god the opposite of bless them however, (laughs) however evil we are as humans but what do we so just for the people whose mind goes there when they yeah. meet, but it's not fair he doesn't have he's better he's younger she's this she's got better genes look at her mom my mom's whatever nonsense walk me through that so it's not about the the important distinction here is what do they believe what mm. if you imagine being but what if person, what do they believe what if they believe themselves? i got great genes and they do and they can eat whatever they want so i'm kind of making you know the here's the irony though nobody who's rich ever thinks well, I was just given all this. And anybody who is fit doesn't say to themselves and doesn't believe this. Oh, well, but man, some are. There right are some rich, but there are some rich people that were given that, right? There, there is a distinction between earners and whatever. So perfect. You made my example perfectly. <laughs> and it's not, I'm not saying this is healthy. I just, I'm trying to advocate for the people sure. that are doing that. So you can, because they want to ask you and they're not here. So I'm kind of asking for their behalf. I'm not trying to fight you. Um, yeah, I say to, well, look at that guy. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and maybe he was, and there are literally, so again, I'm not making this up. There are people, they're in the minority, but there are people that can eat whatever they want all, all the live long day. And they're just skinny. And, and I would argue that those are not the people we use to model. Okay. Right. So if I make a story, true or not, because half of most of the stories of this are BS yeah. anyway. So if I make a story and I would say I do pick the one guy or gal that's like, yeah, that's son of a gun. She's, you know, she's whatever she wants. Um, you're like, yeah, you picked the wrong guy, numbskull. Or if it's getting wealthy and I pick the one rich guy, it's like, yeah, that's not who you're or trying like, to. Yes. Yeah, if right. you could decide to be born to rich parents, we'd have that conversation. But you're 40, you're 50, or whatever. Right, right. Your birth has been a okay. So pick a different person as a if if you go to that, let me it's another just I still want to be a victim. Sure, I, I guess I haven't right. really let made that decision. Why I can't do it. Right. Okay. So go back to okay, obviously you still want to spend some more time in victim town. Once you're ready to come to power <laughs> town, let's talk. Okay. So pick a, a model that got it the way that you want to get it. So yeah. yes, I could pick a 20 year old kid that eats whatever he wants and go, yeah, but you're not. And that's not. So just fine. Or the guy my age who eats whatever he wants, who's got the one in a thousand gene lottery. Yeah. That ain't you either. So pick the guy that used to be fat that had it worse than me that doesn't have the money or time, or I'm sure he had, you know, more things and go, what, what would he have? Or what does he believe? What does he believe? What do they believe? And, and this is where I, I really advocate what you, what you input into your mind, into your being, what do you listen to? Who are the people around you having, having examples, right? Dare I say, even if you can have a mentor, but, but certainly having those models in place because you, it's not even the behavior. Sometimes it can be what they're doing, do what they do, but it's more about what do they think about themselves? Mm-hmm. What do they believe routinely? They wake up every morning and say, I am a healthy, fit person who, because that's who I am. I eat this way. I do these things as this identity. I have this identity. I am the owner of my health. I am the the one who determines, you know, my actions I take every day. So that kind of ownership and having a model of the way that person thought of themselves and the way that they believe really makes a big difference. So if you're struggling and you're not really sure, like, okay, I'm not sure listen, everybody has access to Google. 
like start Googling stories of people that were in their forties or fifties and were out of shape and got in shape. Someone who you model um, for relationships as an example. So there's always a level up in the way that you're believing about yourself. I call it your superhero persona. You've got to have a superhero version of yourself that helps lift you up out of the current version, right? And you have to practice it every day. You got to get up and it just like anything, it's a habit. Are you going to feed the old pattern and the old habit and allow that to take you over day after day after day? Are you going to get up and tell yourself this new identity story? And it is practice. So the, you said a lot of powerful things. I can only give my perspective. I think my favorite thing that I'm going to really try to hold on from that, Tracy, is guys like me, and I think many of our listeners, we do look at successful people and that makes sense, but we want to look at what they do because it's a little easier, right? Sure. Um, and of course, obviously the easy path isn't always the path that's going to get you what we want, but I can look at what somebody does. You counseled or coached to look at what they think or what they right. believe. What they believe. And again, guy or gal committed to victimhood. Well, how would I know? I can see what they do, but I don't know what they believe or how they think. It's like, well, I don't know. Gosh, if only people would ever write down what they thought and how they experienced <laughs> it, you know, put it, you know, oh, oh wait, hold on. Like if only things like books existed for crying out loud. Um, you know, there's lots of mindset books about that very topic. This is so important. This is why I'm a mindset coach because what you believe about yourself, the stories you tell yourself every day, what you practice here shapes your actions. So if you're trying to break out of an old unconscious pattern or old unconscious habits, you must feed and practice every day those new beliefs, those new identity stories that you tell yourself every day. So I think that's a great kind of wrap up point. If you want different results for 2023, mm-hmm. I think the, the starting point is, and I like that because if you're like, I have to change everything about who I am, that's really overwhelming and no, pretty unrealistic. Yeah. But if you're like, I just want to look at the main result I'm not getting. And by the way, it could be very different. And again, we use two and I love none of more business because business are pretty obvious. I make 10 grand a month. I want to make a hundred, whatever the case may be. Right. But health or relationships is even, that's a little, health is even, I weigh this much, I want to weigh that much. But that could be more squishy in terms of I want to be able to play with my kids more, run a marathon or whatever that looks like. So A, identify the specific result that you're not getting. Mm -hmm. B, and correct me if I mess any of this up, Trace. B, identify the beliefs I had of generally the victim, the justification that that's okay. C, replace those with more effective beliefs. And you're like, well, how do I do that? Find out what people that are already getting that result are believing and feeling, and then believe and feel those things. And then if you do that, and then do it over and over. And when you catch yourself going back to victimhood, and that's why I love the, you know, and Tracy, you said it perfectly. So it could be kind of a, put a bow on this thing. A mentor is really the way to do that. And I use- you can and really community is just because mentors can mean a lot of different things the way you look at it, but any community, you know, they, the, the old saying, which is very true. You know, if you take the, the, the income or the network of, of net worth of the five people you're closest to, that shall be your income and your network net worth. 
Um, so yes, those you're mentoring them and they're mentoring you un, un, subconsciously, unintentionally right. oftentimes, right? Right. So A, easiest thing is pick people around you who believe the things that you want to believe and stop you know, going with the people that you can go, look at my wife, look at the scale and have them go, yeah, they suck. And, you know, I'm also, now let me tell you about why I'm a victim. And, you know, those, <laughs> right. relationships, those relationships probably feel a little better, but short-term and, you know, not so great long-term. Yeah. Um, so baby step of upgrading your beliefs is hang around people with the beliefs that you want. And you can mm. do that casually with friends, just choosing the friends that you want to spend more and less time with intentionally with people that you really respect their outcome in a book or much more intentionally if the person that you ha do happens to have some sort of system or process where they're like, I will show you how to do what I want. Um, right. You know, I hate to use the word guru, but many of the people that have done stuff get to the point where like, I'd like to help other people do stuff. Sure. I've gotten those yeah. results and do that. So those that would be the latter I would see. Upgrade who you spend your time with. And I guess books are a way to spend time with somebody really. Yeah. Um, it's a good start. Better than a Facebook group, no offense. Um, Physical groups, mentorship groups, I'm trying to think if there's any other ways. Okay. That's what I got, Tracy. Anything to add? Yeah. I listen, if you're if you are committed to making these shifts in your life, in your business, your health, your relationships, seek out support. I really truly. I believe accountability is always our own. However, it's a lot easier to hold ourselves accountable when we are collaborating and um, coming together with others. So if you don't have that for yourself, if you don't have someone who's helping you, uh, coaching you, please reach out, do that. Well said. All right, guys, gals, if um, what we have to offer in that regard is if you go to growmycleaningcompany.com, there's like 900 of these episodes. So that's not really a book, but um, even better, we're kind of, you've got people that are gonna give you beliefs that are effective and helpful right into your ear right in your ear hole. Uh, I have written two books. Feel free to check those out. Um, that's it. Uh, if you need some help, you can always just email, you know, email me, Mike at growmycleaningcompany.com or reach out to the team, but lots and lots of free resources. Check it out now. We'll see you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.